afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Marty, uh, working at the Grace Adventist Centre and Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And I'm joined by Pastor Gary. Gary, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend, it was uh, uh, it was uh, Mother's Day. Um, it was Mother's Day, so uh, uh, we actually uh, had a had a fantastic day. Actually, we uh, we actually went over to my uh, to my daughter's uh, to my daughter's place, and uh, uh, we had uh, uh, most of the family uh, were uh, were with us, and uh, and that was fantastic. We had three mothers there, so we celebrated all three mothers in the one uh, in the one go. But uh, wow. it was a magic day here in Adelaide. Wow. We had uh, uh, we had about what was it twenty three twenty. 4 degrees yeah, a balmy yeah. a balmy breeze blowing uh sitting on the back patio just uh uh watching the uh, the clouds go over very nice one of those autumn days that you have told me about pastor gary where you say autumn sometimes you get some days in autumn and in spring where the weather in adelaide is just amazing uh many days are here i i love those shoulder seasons i just wish here. they stayed for a bit longer that's all uh, indeed indeed <laughs> well uh, yeah we had a great day as well we went up to mount lofty actually um that was the botanic gardens that was we we didn't go to the botanic garden we went to the actual summit itself okay and um we so yeah we went for a little bit of a walk there with our three kids and we started to go down a particular track and the whole way we're going down we're thinking we're gonna have to walk back up here yep Yep, and my yep. wife had a little, you know, 15-month-old or 14-month-old strapped to her, yep. little Zakai. And I tell you, you know, it was a bit of effort to get back up that hill. And then yeah. I had the other two that I was kind of, um, I suppose, dragging a little bit um, yeah. up the hill. Yeah. But we had a great time as well. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. no, look, it's a fantastic and uh, fantastic day. I know that, you know, I mean, that place that you went to, I mean, I, I'd, I'd encourage you to go to the uh, to the Botanic Gardens, the Mount Lofty Botanic Gardens. In fact, any of our listeners who happen to be, you know, here in Adelaide, uh, one place I wouldn't miss out on is the Mount Lofty Botanic Gardens. Beautiful, yeah, right. absolutely fantastic uh, part. I, I really enjoy uh, going up there and spending spending time up there. There was a lot of cars parked out the front of the Botanic Garden, so yeah. so obviously it's a popular place. My daughter actually got got uh, uh, got married up there, so you know, it's uh, it's a place that we remember very very well. Absolutely. Well, we'll be sure to uh, to put it on our bucket list, Pastor Gary, and and um, and go and check it out. Hey, for our listeners here today, maybe you just want to say g'day. You want to let us know where you're listening from today. We'd love to hear uh, where you're actually listening from today, and if. If you want to send us a text and just say, hey, I'm listening from New South Wales or Queensland or wherever you are, right here in Adelaide as well, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a text, 04888880811. That's our studio number for our drive time program. Once again, 04888880811. Love to hear where you're uh, listening from today. We're looking at a very important subject today, Pastor Gary. We're talking about beyond the grave, the Bible and the passing of death. And you're going to be sharing with us a little bit later. What's that specific topic you're going to be 
dealing yeah, with a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. I, I'm picking up the the subject uh, about uh, about Christ. How did Christ relate to death? And you know, one of the things that I'm really conscious of. I, I've spent almost 40 years in in ministry now, and I think in that time I've I actually did a, a count on one time. I think I've done something over 200 uh, funerals, and uh, certainly worked with those families in uh, you know at that grieving time. And what I'm so conscious of is that uh, there are some times of a, uh, of a person's life that where there is a uh, there is a coming together. There's a questioning. There's an asking of the big questions. And uh, this issue is one that I well I know impacts every family and every person at some point in their life. You can push it off as much as you like, yeah. uh, but yeah. ultimately at some point you will know somebody, uh, you will face that grim reaper yourself. That's right. And and so this is a mystery. This is a, a, a an intimidating reality that uh, when I say it like that, that's how it is in many people's minds. That, yeah. Yep. And, and it is something that um, when we understand, and Gary, this is what... Uh, you know, for me, learning what the Bible teaches on this particular subject has given me so much peace. It's and, given and me an amazing, yeah, and, and I know that this is the case for pretty much everyone who actually comes and studies this particular subject from the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And it just yeah. gives them amazing peace. Yeah. And, and, and that to me is the incredible reality because I know that, you know, I've had to, uh, certainly work with individuals, some who come from a, a, a Christian perspective, some who, you know, understand what uh, the Bible teaches on death. Uh, but there are others who, you know, just simply the Bible has totally been foreign to them. And, you know, increasingly what I'm conscious of is that those who uh, approach death having an understanding of what the Word of God uh, says do actually face death in a much more peaceful manner. Yeah. You know, Gary, we actually have a free giveaway today on this particular subject, and it's called, it's actually called The First Lie by uh, Barbara Wiener. And I'm going to talk a bit more about this book. I'm going to give a good description about it a little bit later on. This is a real beauty, actually, this one. This is gold. You know, it answers so many of the big questions that we have when it comes to the subject of death straight from the Word of God. And, uh, you know, like you're saying, Gary, this is something that we all face. Mm. We all face it. Uh, You can't avoid death and taxes. And and to to actually have a good understanding and a robust understanding of this subject mm-hmm. is of vital importance. Whether we are going through it ourselves or it's someone that we love or someone that we care about, this is something that we need to know about. Now, if you're listening today and you just want to get a free copy of this book, it's called The First Lie, actually, and it reveals, I guess, suppose, the truth and some of the falsehoods out there when it comes to death. Um, send us a text and send us uh, this code, SA119. The code, once more, is SA119 to get a free copy of this book. And you send that code to 048 One more time, that number, 048 
80811. And if you send SA119 to that number, our studio number, no gap between the SA and the 119, just all one word, then um, that's actually going to go to our Faith FM bot, a robot who will ask you a couple of questions and then be able to get you this book as soon as possible. So we recognize this is a really important subject, and I know how much it's done for me, um, having a, an understanding of this subject. So we would just love for you to have this resource. Now, we're going to come to our World Watch segment now, and uh, I've chosen a, a topic which is I, I, I thought it was quite interesting. It was a, I, I got a title or I got an article off um, uh, Christian News Headlines, and it says, Churches and families are divided over Trump. That would be President Trump, of course. Russell Moore says they're afraid to talk about him. And I'm just going to read a little bit from this article because I thought it was quite interesting. It says, Evangelical Christianity emphasizes that the internal affects the external and the fact that a person's character in private has everything to do with his or her character in public, Moore said. This is Russell Moore, referencing the impeachment of Bill Clinton in the late 1990s as well as the character of Trump. That has not always been the case, and that's always been the issue here. Does character matter or not? And he goes on to, he in this article, he essentially is talking about the fact that there are families that are actually divided over political issues. And I found another article that uh, that picked up on this. It was actually from Time magazine, and, and it actually um, recorded various families and how they have gone through different challenges and they are divided, they're polarized over these political issues. And um, what's it's, it's interesting, a Pew Research Center survey, and I'm reading from this Time magazine now, um, found that fewer than 2% of voters felt that those who voted for the other party understood them very well, and only 13% of Joe Biden's voters and 5% of Donald Trump's voters uh, expressed any desire for further unity. And so here we have this political situation, which is, uh, is, is not seeming to get any better. And as I continue to read, I found, uh, I found a fairly interesting quote where, um, when President Biden came in, Time Magazine quotes him as saying, Now it is time to turn the page, he said in a speech after the Electoral College affirmed his victory, to unite, to heal. The article talked about the fact that there are many families that are divided over this political issue. You've got Trump supporters, you've got those who are not Trump supporters. Things like... Family events like Thanksgiving in, in America and other family events, I suppose you could imagine even Pastor Gary, things like, um, yeah, um, you mentioned before, just getting together on Mother's Day. These kinds of family events are being blocked in many, in many families over political issues. They're saying, you know, I'm not going to talk to parents. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to so and so because of their view. Politically, and, and the question I have, Pastor Gary, is it just me, or is this trend becoming more and more the case? As a society, are we becoming more and more polarized? 
Yeah, look, uh, look, uh, Marty, I, I think this is a, a really good question because certainly in my experience, we're becoming so incredibly polarised that it's not funny. Uh, you know, to me, um, I think that the, um, the, the, the differences, uh, are now, uh, just so great that it's almost impossible for, uh, different people of different opinions to be able to talk together, uh, in a, in a common manner. Uh, you know, I, I think there's actually a number of reasons for it, and I think it's the reasons that are actually uh, very, very significant. Uh, when I was certainly doing my, my start, I think of, you know, high school days and through into, into university days, uh, one of the things that was actually treasured uh, was when you could actually get uh, different opinions into your uh, into your written submissions, into your essays. In fact, what you would do is you'd actually go out, and uh, the lecturer would give you a, a subject that you had to had to write on, that you had to research. And what you found as pure gold uh, was when uh, you found uh, Joe Blog said this, mm, Mary mm, Smith mm. said something else, but then you found uh, somebody else who said something totally opposed to it and what you yeah, would actually yeah, do is within yeah. your assignment uh, you would actually argue the points of view from the various uh, from the various professionals uh, before coming up with a, a conclusion yourself that you presented and argued as being uh, what you felt, what you understood as being a preferable conclusion and so long as you had, I well remember one of my lecturers saying so long as you have got a substantive reason for coming to your your conclusion um, you're likely to to get a reasonably uh, high uh, high grade uh, but of course uh, today unless you actually have the grade that agree uh, the uh, the opinion that actually agrees with uh, the uh, you know with the class uh, then in all probability, you're not going to do very well. Mm. Uh, and this is, a, to me, I believe this is a, a major change that's actually occurring within our society. One of the other challenges that I'm really conscious of as well, uh, Marty, is that I, I believe um, more and more we're seeing a, a society that's doing very little uh, reading uh, beyond the, maybe the, the newspaper uh, and uh, uh, perhaps a, an occasional novel when you're on on holidays, but reading substantive material mm, uh, is mm, something mm. that increasingly I am conscious that uh, it simply is not occurring. And if mm. you're not reading substantive material, uh, you actually uh, have don't get, um, I suppose, uh, an understanding of what the you know maybe. Uh, the viewpoints that are actually out there yeah. in the big wide world. Yeah. And so we can be in, we can not have all the information at our fingertips and yet we can hold to opinions very, very strongly, which is quite, quite, quite interesting. You know, I recently read an article which was called Can We Talk? Mm. And it was, it highlighted the fact that, um, I think it's neuroscientists have essentially studied particular, you know, the brain and they've discovered that when somebody holds to a particular point of view dogmatically mm. and they just will not consider another point of view, the brain literally becomes incapable of comprehending 
another uh, perspective. It virtually closes down on those on those other perspectives. And this is, you know, this this is for, when I looked at that, it it helped me make a lot of sense of why in certain conversations with certain individuals you would just come to a roadblock very quickly. Yeah. There would be. You would, you know, try to have a conversation, but it was all just com- completely, uh, you know, one-sided. There was and, no and, consideration and to, to another point of view. This is certainly reinforced as well when you've got an, an incredibly left-wing media uh, in our in our society today uh, that is constantly pushing a left-wing agenda uh, that uh, r- that virtually that that. R- rubbishes uh, anything that is not part of that particular agenda and and certainly the you know a biblical worldview uh, has got incredible evidence yeah. to yeah. me that's the thing that stands out at me the evidence that backs up a biblical worldview is just uh, to me so so incredible uh, but you know uh, so many uh, don't have the opportunity to hear uh, that uh, the reality uh, and the evidence behind a biblical worldview. Absolutely, Gary. You know this is this is one of the challenges that we're facing. I just wanted to quickly do a shout out to Kathy who has texted us in there, and and uh, Kathy all the way from Urala, New South Wales. Kathy, I used to drive through Urala on a regular basis. The trip between Tamworth and the Mid North Coast, and and it's a it's a beautiful little area. It's it must be starting to get pretty cool there right now. But uh, but welcome to you, Kathy. It's great to have you uh, joining us on Faith FM. And, um, yeah, we're really stoked that, uh, that you've joined us today. You know, Gary, I just want to ask this question as we kind of wrap up this World Watch segment. And because this is an impacting families, you know, there are, uh, COVID-19, this is another classic example when it came to the vaccine and all that. Families were literally divided. You'd have, uh, you know, husbands and wives having a different point of view. You'd have children and, and, uh, parents and, you know, grandparents, etc. different generations who think differently and perhaps have different values and think differently. We're, we're becoming divided over political issues, over these, um, you know, over, over these mandates, etc. How do we strike the balance between standing up for what we believe in and also being able to foster warm and healthy relationships. Well, I think the really key uh, answer to that question uh, is actually found in uh, uh, in Second, uh, uh, sorry, First uh, First Peter, First uh, Peter three uh, fifteen, and this is what uh, what Peter says in his gospel. Now, I think it answers this question really well. But sanctify the Lord God. In your hearts, and that's what we're called on to do. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in you, but do it with meekness and fear. Mm. Do you know this passage? I yeah. believe is yeah. just so powerful. With meekness, as in humility, as in with humility. In other words, you don't have and to be gentleness. You don't have to be bombastic in yeah. everything yeah. that yeah. You're, you're saying. But you know, to be able to provide reasonable answers. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I actually uh, say to, I, I've said to quite a few people, you know, when you're standing beside the photocopier at work and someone actually happens to to drop a question which you disagree with, how do you respond to it? And mm. I've, I've actually mm. said to mm. people, I've said, hey, look, the very best way is to be able to ask a half-intelligent question. And just simply, you, you, you can't preach a sermon, 
but you can just simply ask a question yeah. that may raise a question. And, you know, when the Holy Spirit actually works through my mind, yeah. it's amazing how quickly those answers can actually Absolutely. come. But I think Peter here's got it all nailed down. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready to give a defense to everyone. And we need to be able to provide this material, I particularly, uh, to our young people, yeah. to our yeah. children, uh, yeah. so that you know your children, Love when your they're passion, growing yeah. up, yeah. when your children are growing up, you know they need to know what they mm-hmm. believe and why they believe it. Absolutely they do, because they are going to be bombarded. You know, I think we too quickly jump into, you know, we become combative. Yeah. We c- become combative when we ought to try and be, you know, conciliatory. We, we should try and build relationships. I mean, so often people can get, you know, relationships can become fractured over things that at the end of the day, you know, we've got to just be able to discern as well, I think. Sometimes we can make mountains out of molehills, and I'm not saying that these political issues that I've mentioned before are molehills by any stretch of the imagination, not at all. But sometimes we also have to recognize that, you know, I've sometimes when I've had a disagreement with someone, I've come back to them and said, is our friendship more important to you, or is this issue, rather, that we're disagreeing about more important than, than our friendship and relationship? And often yeah. they'll say, no, it's not. And it kind of brings things into perspective. It's like, you know, we're getting all heated and, and antagonistic or whatever and stressed. And, and when you're in that mindset, Gary, you're not listening. Exactly. There's no exactly. listening going yeah. on at that point yeah. in the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it really makes me cringe sometimes when you, you, you jump on social media and you see the way some t- people carry on pushing their point of view. Even if I agree with their point of view sometimes, the way that they push it across, I think to myself, uh, uh, look, that's, no, that's no. why I'm not on social media. And, uh, you, know, you know, to me... Uh, I you knew know, you were a wise man, Gary. Well, my <laughs> well, my kids have actually said to me that the reason I'm not on social media is because I don't have oh, any friends. Oh, you don't have friends. I don't have any friends. So, you know, I mean, that could, oh, well, that could well be the case too. Man, no? Your kids love you so much to be able to give you that kind of... Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's great, isn't it? You know, this is these are really important issues. And, uh, you know, I think that that text is very telling. What was that text again? First Peter 3.15. Uh, First Peter 3.15. Encourage yeah. our listeners to go and reflect on that passage because this is... We, we do live in a world that's becoming increasingly divided and we don't want that to start impacting our relationships that really mean a lot to us. Hey, we're going to come to some music, and um, I hope you enjoy this song. It's it's uh, Praise You in This Storm by Casting Crowns, and then we'll be straight back. I was sure by now, God, you would have reached out. And wiped our tears away Stepped in and saved the day But once again I say amen And it's still raining But as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain I am with you And as your mercy falls And I will lift my hands For you are who you are 
Praise you in this storm with uh, casting crowns, and isn't that just so true? Whatever, whenever we're going, whatever we're going through in life, to be able to actually look to God and recognize that He is still the same, His love is unchanged. He proved His constant and unfailing love to us by sending His only Son to die on the cross for our sins, and and this gives us so much courage and. And Jesus not only died for our sins, but he rose again, the Bible tells us. And um, 
Jesus defeated death and his victory can become ours when we unite our life with his. And and today we're talking about this subject of what happens when we die. We're, and we're giving away a free book on this subject of death. And it's called The First Lie by Barbara Weiner. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Have you ever wondered what will happen when you die? Will your soul go somewhere? You have probably heard many times, no one knows, but that simply isn't true. The Bible has amazing answers to this question, answers you may find surprising. The First Lie is a Bible study that explores the subject of death from a biblical perspective with all the preconceived ideas stripped away, letting the Bible speak for itself. This book also traces the history of popular concepts all the way from the first lie the devil told to Eve in the Garden of Eden to the ancient Greeks in the course of Jewish history throughout the Dark Ages and into the present day. This is an absolutely powerful book, Gary. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners, if if you uh, want to know more about this incredibly important subject and you want a free gift, send us a text, send the code SA. 119 to our Faith FM studio number, which is 04 Once again, if you want to get a free copy of this book, The First Lie, a biblical exposition of what happens when you die, then send us the text, uh, send us the code SA119, no gaps in between, and send that code to 04888808811. And once you do that, you'll have our Faith FM bot who will actually uh, reply back to you and ask you a few questions so that we can get you this fantastic resource as soon as possible. Gary, it's uh, great to be back Um And uh, we're asking the question today, how did Jesus himself relate to death? I'm really interested to hear what you're going to share with us this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Look, this is such a a key question. You know, so many times I've, you know, I've had the privilege of ministering to to families who have been facing death and uh, answering this question I find is really key. You know, um, Marty, way back all those years ago, I I will remember my my very first uh, uh, funeral uh, service that I was called on to take. In those days, I uh, I knew what a funeral looked like. I I think I I'd been to one or two, but I'd never taken my own funeral before, and I was a uh, I was a new pastor in a in a country parish uh, a long way out from uh, from Brisbane, and uh, uh, the family uh, had sat down as they normally do uh, to uh, to talk to me. Now, this particular family was a uh, was in many ways a, a was a divided family. He had uh, the, uh, the gentleman concerned had married twice. He had a Earlier family, and he had a later, a later family, and uh, I knew the the later family, and uh, I'd certainly got to know him, and I knew him well from the from the community. So they asked me to actually do the uh, do the funeral, uh, but then the uh, then the um, uh, 
the other side of the family uh, who was also there at that time um, uh, uh, made a a statement to me that started me sweating more than what I I probably uh, should have been. Uh, You see, uh, that uh, that family, uh, the earlier family, uh, said something like this to me. They said, uh, um, the pastor, just in your service, whatever you do, do not send him to heaven. Do not say that he's going to heaven. In fact, they said, if you say that he is going to heaven, we're going to stand up and call you a liar because he's, we know where he's going and he's not going to heaven. Now, this was... Wow. Uh, I, I have never... That is... Uh, ne- I've never encountered that. I have never encountered <laughs> it since, but this was my very first funeral. Wow, wow, uh, wow. And I, I have to admit... That's a you baptism know, of fire. That was a baptism of fire, and I, I, I have to admit <laughs> that evening I got on the, the phone to one of my uh, senior ministerial mentors absolutely and, uh, and said look you know how do I deal with uh, with this and surprisingly he actually laughed at me and said oh you'll get better still you'll you'll get yeah. uh, uh, you yeah. know th- okay. th- these situations <laughs> do come up and uh, I-, I think a lot of people don't realize that sometimes what does actually go on uh, behind the behind the scenes but you know one of the things which they were convinced of was that you know when a person, you know, at a funeral, the one thing that, you know, all all pastors, all preachers, all priests uh, sends everybody uh, to the to the one place, and the one place is always uh, is always heaven, and uh, uh, and they were wanting to make sure that uh, hey, uh, they felt that this guy had, you know, certainly didn't deserve that type of compliment. Wow, wow. wow. Look, one of the questions I think that it's you know in time since um, you know this issue of how did Jesus relate to death? You know, it's when we understand how Jesus related to death that it puts so much actually in perspective. And what I'd like to do just for five or ten minutes is actually just to work through a, a story that we find in the New Testament. And this is actually a story of um, uh, of this man, uh, Lazarus. And, mm. uh, you know, we'll just do this very, very quickly. But, you know, the way Jesus related to this man, Lazarus, uh, to me, I think is highly instructive to us today. Uh, it's actually found, if you uh, if you want to read this story yourself in your own Bible, it's actually found in John chapter 11, and this is what the, the word, what the word actually says. And a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. It was the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And uh, of course, you've got uh, this family, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Apparently, they're all they're all living uh, living together. And uh, therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, "Behold, he whom you love." Is sick. Jesus and Lazarus apparently had uh, some type of a uh, a friendly relationship. They knew each other. Uh, we might say today as mates. Uh, and yeah. uh, verse verse four says this. And when Jesus heard this, uh, he he made this statement: "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man might be glorified through it." Now that's a strange statement. That a strange statement for Jesus uh, to uh, to make, and uh, Jesus then does something that you know. If I've got a sick friend, I actually like to go and visit them. What does Jesus do? Yeah, he uh, he delays. He doesn't do anything. It would seem he stays he, where he is. He stays where he is for two whole days. He, I mean, look if. 
I, what would you think of your pastor if you were contacted, if you contacted somebody and said, look, you know, there's a man here who's got, you know, fairly sick, sick. He's in the hospital. Can you go and visit him? You go and as the pastor, you wait for two days before you decide to go and visit him. What's the, what's the feeling of the people towards you as the pastor? Yeah, you are, you are no longer the pastor. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you have got the boss yeah, on you're, your. They're, you're the, not. Ha- they're not happy. <laughs> you've got the boss on your case uh, because you know that's oh, some things in ministry you need to do today, and uh, this is urgent. This is urgent. This is urgent. Jesus has this message that Lazarus, his friend, is sick, and then Jesus, instead of going to visit him, simply delays for two days. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, two days later, uh, Jesus answered and then he starts to talk to his disciples uh, and uh, he tells them that our friend Lazarus is sleeping. Now, that's a really, yeah. a really key word. Yeah. And the disciples immediately jump, uh, jump at that and they say, ah, if he's sleeping, that's a good sign yeah. because people who sleep are going to be, uh, they're going to get better. And of yeah, course, he's resting. His 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 body is going to rest and recuperate. A good thing, isn't it? Yeah. But then Jesus makes this statement, and uh, in in verse eleven, these things he said, and after that he said something else to them. Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake him up. Then his disciples said to him, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death but that they thought he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. Jesus said to them plainly then, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, but that you may believe. Nevertheless, now let us go to him. You get that. Yeah, this is, this is very powerful. This is very powerful, isn't it? I mean, obviously the disciples are confused, but Jesus is actually giving a remarkable illustration he, he of is, what death is. He's saying something here. The disciples, he's treating death as the same way as we might treat sleep. He's he's not bothered by it. He's not anxious about that, is he? He's, he's not anxious. Mm. He, he, he doesn't, you know, he's been prepared to wait two days before he goes and visits. Now he knows that his friend Lazarus is, he says, sleeping. Mm -hmm. In fact, Jesus says in the next verse, uh, and this is, uh, or you can read it in uh, John chapter chapter 11, he's he's dead. He's dead. And Jesus has called him. Uh, You know, to me, I... This is really saying something about this entire issue of death. Yeah, you yeah. know, we have a fear of, of death today. You put it off as long as you can because, hey, uh, you know, this is something we don't know what's on the other side of it. And yet to me, the thing I love about the Word of God is that the Scriptures actually reveal what is on the other side of this thing called called death. Jesus says that Lazarus has died and in this, in the same verse, he says, "Our friend Lazarus is sleeping." Um, now, um, the, the the story continues and uh, and goes on. Uh, he he now travels uh, 
to to uh, to Lazarus's grave. And in verse twenty two, you get this story. Uh, you get Martha has come out to meet him, and uh, uh, Jesus starts to comfort her. Uh, Jesus said to her, "Your brother will rise again." You know, Marty, isn't that the hope that we're able to share at every funeral? Of the believer. Gary, every time I've gone to a funeral and I'm sharing, etc., this is, this is the most powerful and most comforting message that is available to us because it's not only, it's not only a message of comfort, it is actually, it is the reality. Mm. It is the reality. And I, I think that, um, I have been to other funerals and I've, and I've sat in the audience and I've listened to the, the, um, you know, the, the person leading out in front and I've, and I've left and I've thought what a discouraging situation that was. I've left certain, certain meetings and certain, yeah, even certain churches, Gary, and I've heard the message that they had to share at a particular funeral and I've thought, wow. Yeah. We are so blessed to know what the Bible really teaches on this subject. Do you know, what you've actually said there is so key. On one particular occasion, I know that I actually, uh, took a, uh, took a, a, uh, a funeral for a, uh, for a particular gentleman. And, um, um, I, I remember afterwards the funeral director coming up to me. And, uh, surprisingly, he started to talk to me about theology. And to mm. me, this is something that generally you don't, generally funeral directors don't do that. But his comment to me was this. He said, the message that you shared today was just so powerful. And mm. then he said this. Mm. He said, Pastor, what you said today makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Absolutely. And you know, to me, when the funeral director can come up to the pastor and say, yeah. what you said yeah. today makes sense. Yeah, because he's heard, he's heard probably thousands of other things that don't make sense. And this makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And to me, the good news is that the Bible is a, is an intelligent faith. To believe in the Bible is to have an intelligent faith yeah. that makes sense. It's unified. It all works together. You know, often we talk about, you know, as, you know, we talk about the second coming. We talk about the fact that Jesus is coming again, Gary. And, and one of the, I, I've had a conversation with a, with a Christian who, he wasn't, he wasn't of the same faith of, as me, but he always said to me, he said, you know, it always confused me that Jesus would come back mm. for who? If, 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 if God's people die and instantly go to heaven, etc., as the common belief is, who's Jesus coming back for? Exactly. You know, there, there's a lot of, and, and I know there's a lot of other, you know, th- twists that different theologians put on this, but the reality is it's confusing. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And yet that was the point that that funeral director made to me. And I went away and I actually told my wife afterwards because to me, as I, I regarded that as uh, a, a supreme compliment coming from the funeral director. But do yeah. you know, I'm so conscious that there are so many people uh, who have never seen what the Bible says. And they don't understand uh, how absolutely beautiful the picture is that's painted within the Word of God. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. And it gives us hope in the, in the potentially the darkest moments of our lives. And uh, we're going to come to some music now. We're going to come back and we're going to really hone in on the fact that 
this truth about what the Bible teaches about death, how it actually gives us hope when we face uh, that reality, either ourselves or or it touches someone that we love. But hope you enjoy this beautiful song. It's an it's a hymn, a modern rendition of the hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Needless pain we bear All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer Can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrow share Jesus knows our every weakness Take it to the Lord in prayer And heavy laden Cumbered with a load of care Precious Savior still our refuge Take it to the Lord in prayer Do your friends despise, forsake you Take it to the Lord in prayer He'll take and shield you You will find a solace there What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Everything to God in prayer Everything to God in That was What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a powerful song that is. I love those words that we can take everything to God in prayer. He's just a prayer away. He's right there beside us. You know, friends, we've been sharing about the subject of death today and what does the Bible teach us about death. And we've been offering our listeners today a free book called The First Lie, and in this book, it's a Bible study that explores the subject of death from a biblical perspective. 
with all the preconceived ideas stripped away, letting the Bible speak for itself, this book also traces the history of popular concepts all the way from the first lie the devil told to Eve in the Garden of Eden to the ancient Greeks and in the course of Jewish history throughout the Dark Ages and into the present day. If you want to get a rock-solid and comprehensive understanding of this subject in a very simple-to-understand manner, straight from the Bible, send us a text to our studio number 04888080811. And you're going to send us the code to get this free book, SA119. To receive your free copy, The First Lie, send us that code. Once again, the code is SA119. No gaps in between. And um, send that to 04888080811. That'll go to our Faith FM bot who will ask you some questions so we can get you this free book as soon as possible. It's such an important book to have. And Gary, as we're talking about this important subject, how did Jesus relate to death? I know that uh, you wanted to finish our time today by sharing something really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, thanks so much for uh, for that. You know, that story that we're, we're talking about, the story of, of Lazarus, you know, uh, Jesus shares with his sister, uh, Lazarus will live again. And she says, I know he will at the resurrection of the last day. And that's the hope of the Christian faith, that, the, that, that those who have died in Jesus Christ will come forth in the resurrection at the last day. And of course, uh, Jesus uh, responds to her and says, hey, look, let me show you the power of God today. And of course, he goes to the, uh, to the grave, to the, to the cave where Lazarus was, uh, was buried. And he simply, simply prays and says, Lazarus, come forth. And of course, that's when that mighty miracle occurs. And what you have is Lazarus coming forth uh, out of the grave. It's a, if you like, it's the first fruit of something that is going to happen for every believer. Mm. I, I think mm. this is such a beautiful, beautiful picture that, you know, um, that uh, we're going to have a resurrection when Jesus comes again, yeah. uh, when a humanity uh, is once again, those who've accepted Jesus Christ are going to become, uh, are able to come forth uh, from their graves. But, you know, one of the questions that I'm often, uh, I have actually been, been asked a, a number of times is, look, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be better if they were in heaven right now? Now, you know, in um, uh, in John uh, John chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 28, uh, you actually get Jesus teaching on this same subject. Now, uh, in John 5, 28, uh, you get this passage. Uh, Christ is talking to his disciples and he says this, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in their graves will hear his voice. Mm. They'll come forth, those who've done good, to the resurrection of life, those who've done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Now, to me, this is, this is really significant because what Jesus is doing here is sharing his understanding of death. Don't marvel, he says. The hour is coming. Future is what he's talking about here. All those who are currently in their graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who've done, it done good to the resurrection of life. Now, you know, one time, Marty, I, I will remember, 
uh, actually uh, sharing this with a uh, with a lady, and um, uh, she she actually looked at me, and there were actually tears in her eyes, and she said something like this to me. She said, uh, "Gary, I hear what you're saying, I see what the text says, but I don't want to believe this." And all of a sudden, it hit me what was actually going on. You see, she had just a year or two earlier, she had lost her mother. She had lost her mother to death. And uh, everything in her mind was saying, hey, I don't want mum just to be sitting in the ground. I don't want mum to be sleeping. You know, sometimes I've, you know, I've likened, you know, this, uh, this sleeping, uh, to what occurs when I'm under anesthetics. I, I've had a couple of general anesthetics in my life. And, you know, to me, it's the most remarkable experience. I well remember the first time it ever happened to me. Uh, I, the, the, the doctor uh, said to me, now, uh, just, uh, we're going to uh, to just sedate you and well actually he wasn't just going to sedate me he was going to uh, put me right under uh, but uh, all, all I remember is him saying that and uh, uh, the next the next moment uh, I uh, I remember waking up I was in recovery and I said uh, has it has it started yet? Uh, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> asleep yet. And you know the the recovery uh, nurse there says it's all finished. It's all over. All f- I knew nothing for the entire yeah. time. Yeah. You know this is what happens when a person when a person goes to to in, into the sleep of death. It's like going under that almighty anaesthetic. But th- there was this this lady that I was telling you about. I was I was sharing some of this, and she was saying, "Hey, look, you know, I I want my mum. I want to think my mum." And what I've realised in times since is that for more and more people, this is actually a very real issue. Mm. But in t- as we talked backwards and forwards, I I. I said, I said to her, I said, hey, look, if perchance in your life, let's say that you were maybe abused after mum dies, mum's in heaven, mum can see the abuse that's yeah, occurring. That's right. Mum can see the the pain you are going through. Maybe financially you're struggling. Mum can see it all. Mm. Maybe you have a health issue. Maybe uh, you, you know, you've got all of these issues. I said, now, I said to her, I said, now, how much of heaven would heaven be to your mother? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a good question. You know, to yeah. me, it, it's when we started to work through what was actually mm. taking place here and how good God is to say, Hey, for a time, I want you to simply rest until mm. the time of the resurrection, because at the resurrection, we will all be caught up together to meet him, uh, which means that the trials, the pain, the sufferings and the heartaches and the, of this world are are actually past the spy. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, this is something that, as I as I explained this to this lady, you know, a new new thoughts came came into her mind because do you see uh, this this understanding made incredible sense. You know, mm. who want do I want to be 
in heaven? Do I want to be looking down on this earth and seeing the pain, the suffering, the heartache and the struggles that my family are going through? Yeah. Yeah. Gary, it's a very powerful point. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is the reality, isn't it? Sometimes what we think is a, is a better scenario is not actually a better scenario. We, you know, we often think that, uh, yeah, we, we think that, okay, they've died. Our loved one has died. They've gone to heaven. You know, I recently, we recently uh, lost our mum to cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was back in 20, 2020. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I remember being there by the hospital bed and just seeing mum, you know, lying still on, on the hospital bed. And, yeah. And, yeah, of course, we, you know, we cried, but, but, you know, there was a peace. There was a peace in our hearts because we knew that mum's resting now. She's no longer in pain. Yeah. And, um, and for her, you're right. The next moment, in the next very moment of consciousness, she will see the face of her wonderful redeemer and savior. And, uh, just like Lazarus, she'll, she'll mm. hear those, mm. hear those words come, come forth, you know, and, um, and so from, from the perspective of the person who has passed away, they're not feeling anything. The Bible says that very clearly in Ecclesiastes. And the very next instant, the very next instant, next as, instant. Far, as, as, as far as they, they've gone outside of time. That's right. You know, and, you know, just as when you're on un, under anesthetic, you know, you go under and two, three, four hours later, you wake up and time has meant nothing to you. The same thing happens in this biblical presentation of, uh, of what's occurring at death. And, you know, yeah. to me, I think we're serving such a good God to be yeah, able to are. turn around and say, hey, look, I'm going to preserve you until the day when you can, I can call you forth yeah. without having to deal with the yeah. heart, the pain, the suffering and the struggles of this earth. Yeah, it's good news, isn't it? And look, friends, we, we're going to have to finish up our time for today. It's been a really powerful discussion that we've had, Pastor Gary, on this subject. And again, I just want to say if you are wanted this free book um, on dealing with the subject of death from the Bible, send us a text, send the code SA11 Nine to 0488808811. will go to our Faith FM bot and we'll get you that book as soon as we can. Hey, you know, tomorrow um, Pastor Gary and Pastor David are going to be continuing this theme. They're going to be discussing, isn't the soul immortal? You won't want to miss that topic tomorrow on Faith FM Drive Time. I just want to leave you with these words from God who says in his word, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I just want to ask that uh, we just have a prayer just now. And Father in heaven, I want to pray that you be with every individual who is listening this afternoon, whatever they're facing. Lord, help them to trust that you are their ever-present help in their time of need. Help them to remember that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. May we put our trust in you is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God continue to bless you and may you know his wonderful truth and walk in the wonderful plan that he has for your life. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 